feels like a graphic design is my passion right. type logo. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, oh gosh. You know what else is true, though? What's that? Hey there, everybody. <gasps> Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. And with me, as always, is Phil. And today Hello. we have a special episode. Uh, it'll probably be a little bit of a short episode, but it's a very special episode because we interviewed S.D. Perry of the Resident Evil books. She also wrote uh, Marvel Midnight Suns, which we just wrapped on reading. And uh, we uh, got her on the show, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Phil, why don't you, can you tell me about how this came about? Well, we... <laughs> We started, for those of you who've been with us for a while, we started with an S.D. Perry book, uh, the first of the Resident Evil series. And I reached out to her right away and said, we would love to have you on the show. Uh, at that point, we hadn't even released the show. We were not on iTunes or Spotify or anything. And uh, she was really nice. Uh, and it had nothing to do with the fact that... Um, we she had no idea who we were and she had right. no evidence of our work. She just said, I don't really care for doing uh, video interviews and that sort of thing, which fair enough. Um, sure. But I think I kind of in my in the back of my mind assumed that this was because <laughs> she didn't know who we are or what we did. And she said, but if you send me some questions, maybe I'll answer them. And I said, cool, cool. And promptly forgot about it. And we've actually right. mentioned it uh, basically every we've single said time. We've a few times on the show. <laughs> Every single time that we have done one of her books, we have mentioned that that she 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 offered that, and we just never got around to it. And this time around, when we were reading uh, the Midnight Suns book, I said, you know, hey, we've got a following. We've got, you know, we've we've been around for a while. Maybe maybe this will be the time. And right. it has nothing to do with uh, us at all. Uh, leave it leave it to me to to make it about us. Uh, but she just said, I really, I really don't care for that kind of thing, I, but I, but I will happily answer any of your questions. And so me and Kevin came up uh, with a list of questions that we would have asked her if she were on the show, the same way we do with any of our other interviews. And she was good enough to uh, write down some answers for us. Um, but Kevin, you did something pretty great. You, you reached yeah. out to another friend of ours for this one. Yeah. Yeah. I reached out to Kat. Uh, from Pixel a Day, the YouTube channel Pixel a Day, and I asked her if she could record a uh, reading of the answers that we got, just so we had, you know, a different voice to to play back during the podcast. Um, so yeah, she said not a problem. And for those of you who have been around for a while, you'll remember that Cat was our first guest ever. That's right on on Pixel it. She was the first. First non-us person to be on the show. <laughs> That's right. Um, so uh, I'm very, uh, very happy that she's uh, she was able to do it. And actually have, uh, have a little intro from her. Uh, let me play it right oh, now. Oh, wonderful. Hey, Kevin and Phil. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show again. This is very exciting that you got the actual author onto the show in a way. I'm happy to help in the process. Hopefully I, I do her justice. She sounds pretty cool. <laughs> so that was uh, that was Kat's little uh, uh, intro for what it. What a sweetheart. That's fantastic. So uh, the first question that we had um, for Miss Perry was, uh, 
how did you get started in the right for hire game? And I will play her answer now. I got started in the right for hire business through my dad, who also writes for hire. I was in my late teens, early 20s, and had been writing for years, mostly poetry and short stories, and I needed money for college. My father offered to collaborate with me on one of his novelizations so that I could establish a name and make money, and I jumped at the chance. We did a couple of books together, and I realized I'd rather write books than go to school. So I'm a nepotism baby for sure and know how incredibly lucky I am that I was given those early opportunities. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I loved her answer here. I like the, the you know, the acknowledgement that she, yeah. she had a, she had a foot in the door when she was, she young, had a foot in the door. you know, um, it's, and, and who wouldn't, who among us wouldn't take that opportunity? Right. You know, uh, who wouldn't. And, and it's funny because I do remember, Reading, I don't remember if it was the maybe it was the first Alien versus Predator book because I I read her dad's work and I read her work uh, when I was young, and I remember reading in the back that it was because it was written by the both of them and basically it's saying that this was, uh, you know that this a father daughter team and sure. it left me wondering like oh is this like. How much of a collaboration is this? Is this like two adults collaborating or is this like somebody with their kid having fun with yeah. them and that sort of thing? And and uh, it's good to know that it was more of an actual uh, writerly collaboration. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and then in the second question, uh, uh, the specifically, what was it like writing uh, with your dad? Uh, yeah. She breaks down kind of what that that relationship was was like. Writing with my dad was fun, really. Our collaborations were me writing the first draft and him editing. He told me to imitate his style, which I tried to do, and it taught me so much about how to write action, how to structure a chapter, how to give characters life. I didn't fully appreciate at the time what a great learning experience it was, though I do now. Yeah. That that makes me think a lot about um, certain authors. Uh, Hunter Thompson comes to mind uh, mm -hmm. where he was obsessed with Hemingway. And in order to learn how to write better, he would literally transcribe um, Hemingway novels. He would type them out uh, in a hope that he would kind of learn something about the structure and everything yeah. like that in the process. And it's so cool to have her dad coming forward and saying, Let's start with you doing the first draft, imitating right. my style. And I, although as a writer, that actually might have been, <laughs> that's almost cheating. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you set down the groundwork and I'll, right. I'll edit. <laughs> I'll edit. You write as if I am writing and then I'll edit it and then we'll go, go from there. Right. I, I, that's not a bad way to collaborate though, because it's like oh. she can imitate him but it's going to be it's still going to have her voice no matter what like even when somebody does a pitch perfect imitation there's still you know that uncanny valley-ness of it where it's not oh, yeah. it's not exact so i think that's yeah. a good way to to kind of do some collaboration if that's if that's your goal yeah i i, I think and and writing is such a solitary art form 
yeah. that anytime I see that a book was written by more than one person, I am immediately thrown. How did you do that? What was your process? Did you write a chapter and they wrote a chapter? Did, did somebody did, was it this kind of thing? Like yeah. uh, Neil Gaiman and, and uh, uh, Terry Pratchett writing good sure. omens together, two very strong voices, very strong authors. How do you collaborate? Yep. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Um, I've, I've heard some ver- various different tales of how people co-author things together. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's literally just taking turns. Like yeah. they sit down and they write a few pages and then, you know, they get tired and then I step in and sit down and write a few pages. And I'm like, that's, oh, I think that that can work if you are, if you're stylistically sticking to the basics, you know what yes. I mean? If you're yes. very, if you're both, if you're both trained on like the strunk and white style of writing yeah, and, and are keeping very clean lines of like, it's, you're not imbuing a certain personality to it, then yeah, yeah, I think you can kind of bang out a book taking turns like that as long as you're working from a good outline. Absolutely. Um, and you can't it just, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's going to be tough. The more character of your own that you're trying to put into it. So that can, right. that, you can clash immediately. Yeah. yeah I, I just can't imagine. Uh, I, I, maybe, maybe Gaiman uh, answered that somewhere. How, how, him and, and Terry Pratchett wrote together. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to curious. look into that because I can't like, even imagine. Not like how, as in philosophically, I'm I'm talking about physically. Right. How did you do it? What was the process? <laughs> what like, was did the you, physical process? Yeah. Were you actually in the same, were you even in the same town together? I mean, just. That's, did you fax each other? Right. When was Good Omens written? Is oh, it the 90s? 90s okay did you fax pages to each other constantly right is that how it works now i have to now i have to look (laughs) when did it make a second season of the uh 1990 oh my god i didn't know it was that old yeah still fax actually more likely fax fax. than email (laughs) Uh uh-huh absolutely that's fun um or telex I don't know. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> the precursor. Whatever whatever the the, the appropriate uh, method of, of sending pages to other people. Right. Was it wasn't day. email. That's for damn sure. It wasn't it wasn't email. I mean, for some people in nineteen ninety, but not for most. Yeah, but not for not for most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so question number three was what's your writing method? Do you aim for a specific number per day, etc.? And let's see what she said. By the way, um, S.D. Perry I, is not Australian, as yeah. far as I know. <laughs> that's that's a that's a good that's a good note. Just just making that clarification. Cat, our friend, is Australian. Yes, uh, and she has a lovely voice. That's why I asked her to do it. Uh, S.D. Perry, though, is not. There's no. I don't. I don't even know if they're in the same ballpark. As, as that doesn't matter. We have but, we have no basis for comparison here. But no we're basis for comparison. Sure, pretty sure that S.D. Perry is not Australian. Pretty yeah. sure. Anyway, here's question number three. My writing methods have varied wildly through the years, mostly dependent on how close the deadline is. I used to (laughs) obsess on word and page counts, but that led to me sitting at the computer long after my words had dried up for the day, which led to serious burnout. Lately, I find what works for me is to be aware of my own limitations for any given day and adjust accordingly. 
Like I can write for about six hours at a stretch where I'm focused and involved and grooving and then I need a fat break or to be done for the day. If the deadline is close, I'll do two six-ish hour stretches with a break in between. If I sit down to work and I can't get into it after an hour, I take the day off. It usually works out pretty well. For me, books always start slow and pick up steam after the midpoint. So my first chapters, I'm doing three to five pages a day, if that. In the last third of a book, I'll do 10 to 15 pages a day. It's not a goal. It's just how it goes. Yeah, I, I yeah. absolutely relate with that. Yeah. Um, I think I, I watched a documentary on Arthur Miller uh, and they he, he talked about when he wrote uh, Death of a Salesman, the first act of Death of a Salesman took him, I, I don't know, it, I might be exaggerating, but like a month or something like mm -hmm. that to write that. And then the second act he wrote in, in a week because yeah. uh, the ball started rolling. And I, I absolutely get that because you're still kind of tentative and poking at things initially. And then you yeah. get excited and find a rhythm. And Arthur Miller was the one that married Marilyn Monroe, right? He sure was. Yeah, okay. sure was. Just making sure. Mm -hmm. Weird pairing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Um, all right. So uh, question number four. What or who are some of your writing inspirations? Yes. Inspirations. Mm, not sure how to approach this question. Personally, I read a ton. Always have. And I'm inspired by so many other writers. A good plot, a good character, writing that flows, a turn of phrase that I haven't heard, these are all inspirations. Professionally, I generally seek inspiration in the characters I'm asked to write for. I get interested in who they are, why people like or dislike them, what it is about the IP that attracts fans. I want to know their backstory. I want to get into their heads and think like them. That makes a lot of sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that, yeah. I, I mean, you get a, I, I think I've kind of come around to that recently in that, um, I think when people are starting out, they'll have their inspiration for like getting started. Right. Yeah. But then as they go through and they're just reading and reading and reading and reading more and more and more, I think it's like, it becomes less of a a particular person and more of a all right well i'm i'm just absorbing yeah. from from all these different angles yeah and and not just writing uh life yeah. in general people like exactly. you said yeah and i yeah. i think uh it is it is as writers are concerned it, and i think this is probably true of any artist uh you start out imitating uh yeah. you know I, I i look back at stuff that i've wrote as little as 10 years ago. Um, and I was not young, young, uh, I'd been writing for a while and I'd look at it and go, Oh, Jesus Christ, you're trying to write fight club here, or you're trying to write Bukowski <laughs> here or, so, or some other toxic male that I was, I was worshiping right. at the time. And, yeah. uh, and maybe in another 10 years, I'll look back at what I'm writing now and, and think something similar, but I can't help but think that the fact that in the past, couple of years or so i've started seeing some success as a writer comes from the fact that eventually i found my voice and what 
I'm doing. Um, right. And and that's always going to be an amalgam of all the stuff that you absorb. Uh, you just hope that you absorb enough stuff that <laughs> right. people don't immediately notice that everything that you stole from. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you it's like if you only absorb one thing, it's going to be very yeah. obvious that you stole it's from very that obvious. One thing. Exactly. But if you steal from a hundred things. Yeah. And that's blend a- them all together. You know, then you got a stew going, baby. I, I, you know what? Honestly, 100% stew method. I, I really believe that's that's the key to being a good writer. You are not, you, you're not going to create. There is nothing new under the sun. That's a fact. Uh, but if you but if you keep your shit, uh, you know, varied, then no one's going to know that you stole this character from Robert Lewis, Lewis Stevenson and this character from a video game you played last week and this character from your mother-in-law. Like no one's going to notice all that shit because you've been absorbing everything. And I, every yeah, absolutely. single, every single uh, inch of life right. is, is there for the taking. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Everything is copy. That's a fact. Um, so, uh, number five, what franchise have you had the most fun adapting? Every franchise is my favorite while I'm working on it. Seriously, I have personal favorites as a fan, but when I'm on a deadline and immersed in a universe, that universe is everything for those weeks or months that I'm there. I feel like that's a requirement of the job, to be fully respectful of the property by believing in it, getting it. That said, some IPs have been easier to get into than others, but I always try my best. What a diplomatic answer. I love that caveat at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but I think that's 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 how you probably have to look at it, right? You know, you have to completely absorb yourself in that yeah. world to get it right. You have to, you know, if you are hired to write uh uh, a, a My Little Pony book. You really have to get into the the you, the Ponyverse. You yeah. know, yeah, you'd you have better. To get in there. You'd better. You'd better. If you want, especially write an in this day and age. God forbid you go to a con and God forbid you fuck up. You yeah, get, right. You get hired right for hire, work for hire for My Little Pony, and you fuck up. You are. And you fuck around are, in front of the nerds. You're screwed. Are the, pon- are the Pony Bros or uh, bronies, bronies? Are they still a thing? I'm sure they are. Uh, people probably yeah. just, they, it's like furries. They, they still exist, but people are just, it's not as much fun to make fun of them anymore. Sure. Uh, yeah. in, in certain circles. I was always, I always liked the furries, for example. Uh, right. They yeah, were, they I, were, I think people are just accepting of, like, all right, that's fine. I hope so. I hope that's what it is. No, yeah. I, I think that's very true. And I'm actually, uh, I don't, I don't want to be vague, but I have to be vague. Because uh, I'm on a, an un- NDA, but I am pro- uh, currently in the process of um, uh, adapting, basically, uh, or taking direct inspiration for a work for hire thing that I'm in, and I am soaking up uh, the inspirations. the 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 head of the uh, of the project said, "Here are all the things that are inspiring this," and I'm like, "Okay, I haven't heard of like half of this. I better go and watch some TV. Go, go absorb all those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's helping. It's helping a lot. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Oh, uh, that's that's awesome. All right, question number six: Are you a gamer? What are some games you've enjoyed? If you are, and if you aren't, how do you prepare an adaptation? Let's see what she said. And this is actually her longest answer, I think. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know what a gamer is anymore. I grew up playing video <laughs> games, have always had a console or two in the house. I'm about to turn 53, so my first games were side-scroll Atari. As a young adult, I played Earthworm Jim, ToeJam & Earl, Sonic 2, Lemmings, you know, dorky early stuff that was a marvel of technology for someone who thought Pong was a big deal. I'm a horror nerd, so when Resident Evil came out, I was psyched, but I sucked at it. <laughs> I was still getting killed by the giant snake in the attic on the regular when an editor called from Pocket asking if I'd be interested in writing some Resident Evil novelizations. At that point, I'd written maybe four books. I played all of the Resident Evil games that I wrote for multiple times and loved them. I also used the game guides extensively. But my next job was for Deep Space Nine, and I had to binge the series. And after that, it was a different franchise, and then I had kids. I stopped having time to play anything for hours. I made it through Silent Hill, though, which I loved. When my kids were young, we played SSX games together, a Zelda game, and some Lego stuff, which was all great. These days, I play dumb point-and-click games on my device while I half-watch movies. <laughs> so maybe I was a gamer, but I'm now in retirement. I picked up a controller a couple of years ago and tried to play the first Resident Evil, which I used to speed run in an hour and a half, and got killed by the dogs in the first hallway while I walked into walls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think as a pair of aging gamers, that that might be the most I can most I can sympathize with anyone we've ever interviewed. At this yeah, point. yeah, no, that's I I I loved that answer. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, and kudos to Cat for really nailing the uh, the the. Uh, it, the spirit in which was written. She's uh, doing great. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is yeah. It's, uh, this is this is. And come on, you guys. You guys have to admit you would have been really bored with me and Kevin taking turns reading this. Just reading these answers other. out. You would have it been totally. It bored. wouldn't have had quite the same effect. Um, I love, especially having read uh, the first Resident Evil book. I love her referencing the snake specifically because I remember the quote of "Holy shit, that's a snake" in all caps. <laughs> from that book <laughs> so, that's a good one yeah. getting a little getting a little glimpse behind the curtains fantastic <laughs> oh gosh all right number seven uh what fr what's a franchise you've always wanted to work on that you haven't had a chance to yet honestly anything scary i do a lot of science fiction and action stuff but horror is my true love yep. i mean that makes totally sense, understand right? that. I mean, yeah. I, I've I've read uh, I've I've read plenty of stuff from Phil that wasn't horror, and I I can tell that Phil is Phil's true love is horror. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bumper sticker in my car. I'd rather be writing horror. <laughs> I'd rather be writing a horror. My, my other car is a hearse. My, uh, <laughs> my other car is the Dragula. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, I, Which, I think it's I didn't, great. I didn't know that 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 song was just about the uh, the monster's car. Well, I, I think it was named after the monster's car. I'm not yeah, sure if yeah, it was yeah, about the Dracula. <laughs> yeah. the, the Dracula is Dracula. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was uh, the grandpa's car. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. I love it. No, I'll hilarious. tell you what. Then I. I 
I was, I, this is the only answer that even gave me a little bit of disappointment because I really wanted to know. And she did say that she liked Silent Hill uh, earlier. Right. Kevin, what, what, what would be a franchise that you would like to see SD Perry adapt? We've read, we've read several of her books at this point. <laughs> yeah. What would I like SD Perry to adapt? Um, I'm trying to think of something that was somewhat disappointing that I feel like she would have a better, you know what? Hmm. perfect the the answer the the main answer is i would have liked to have seen st perry adapt alien isolation that was my answer that was my answer <laughs> because she knows the alien franchise she knows she's, the she's, alien franchise so much it. her dad she's written it her dad has written it you yeah. know it's that's a that's a big universe for her she knows horror and she knows uh video game adaptation I mean, no disrespect to Keith R.A.D. Candido that it just kind of missed the mark on yeah, on, yeah. on its structure. And I would have been interested to see how how she could have uh, uh, tackled that. But oh, without yeah. a doubt, without a yeah. doubt. Yep. With you. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's the winner. Um, nah. Maybe Dark Souls. But, you know, I, I, I think. I think it's the sci-fi horror is kind of her, yeah, her, her bailiwick, you know, yeah, yeah, more more futuristic uh, horror yeah. rather than fantasy, right? Um, all right, uh, question number eight. We have been reading through your Resident Evil series once a year on the show, and it's always a good time. Do you ever wish you could return to the Resident Evil novelizations? Do you mean write more of them or rewrite the existing ones? I wish I could go in and fix some stuff in the ones I did. A clip is not the same thing as a magazine. (laughs) I was young and writing fast. There was no canon to work from except the games themselves. Still, they were a fun ride. And I'm a paid hack. We'll write for money. If more are offered, I'd likely write more. (laughs) Oh, please. Someone give this woman a contract to write more Resident Evil. Yeah, Uh, uh, I think that's hilarious. Um, Yeah, yeah. And it's totally fair, too, because I didn't think about that. She was working with so much less in terms of basically nothing. Yeah, there's not much in the original Resident Evil games that's like tried and true canon. You know, Uh, a lot of has been a lot has been filled out since. Yeah. If you wanted to write an adaptation now. Oh, my God. Yeah. You have the games themselves, which are dense as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also have the the there's the mainline games, there's the side games, and then there's the CG movies. Yep. Um, which kind of which are they put out to kind of like bridge the gap between games. I think the they just announced the next uh, CG movie that's coming out is um, uh, it's going to it's actually the first time that Jill and Leon will meet. Oh, nice. Did, did you a, watch that first one? I didn't watch the first one. No, I need to was check it any that good? Out. No, I have okay. no idea. I need to check it out. I've heard, I've heard differing opinions on it. Sure, uh, which yeah, it was. Me, it so. came out. It came out when there was like a sudden glut of Resident Evils. There was like, yeah. there was like, there was like uh, a a new Resident Evil one movie, like a new read adaptation of the first Resident Evil game. Um, there was the the CG movie. There yep. was the TV show that got canceled oh, uh, on that. Netflix. Shit. Yeah. Um, 
big waste of oh, what, who was the who was the guy who played uh, uh, Wesker in that? Um, he's a really good actor. Um, uh, Lance Reddick, huge oh, waste. Of, oh, okay, shit. That is a massive waste of Lance Reddick. Damn, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a totally different uh, ball game in terms of how to do all this shit now. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. But I, but I bet she could pull it off. I bet she could. Pull yeah. It off. All right. Um, question number nine. We just read Marvel's midnight suns infernal rising and loved it. How much leeway did you have on the characters you got to use for the story? Were Satana and Zarathos chosen for you or did you pick them out? So glad you liked the suns. That was also fun. The characters were great to write for. I came up with the basic plot and originally suggested different characters. The Marvel people asked me to pick others as they were already working with both of my choices on other projects. They threw out names. I suggested a couple. It was a collaborative effort. I was delighted with who we ended up with, especially Satana. <laughs> yeah, that shows. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I I I got I wish I knew uh what she originally pitched. Yeah, that actually if, if I had a follow up I would've been very curious as to who who she actually pitched for it. Oh um, man. Cuz cuz Zarathos and Satana are I mean they're great great picks, but yeah. um I'm, I'm just trying to think of who else could have filled similar roles. Right. Um, right. Uh, you know, like Mephisto. I mean, he ends sure. up being in the game itself. So um, it ties in so nicely, you know, because at that point you figure they already know Mephisto is going to be in there. So who are some natural, you know, tributaries that come off of that? Uh, that uh, of that, you know, world of yeah, the the, the demon verse in in Marvel. You know, right? The infernal verse. <laughs> Man, I I tell you it. I I'm I just loved the way she wrote Satana. So her <laughs> her yeah. enthusiasm for writing her it 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 shows it absolutely yeah. shows. Yeah, totally. Uh, number ten. Did you have to coordinate with anyone with Phyraxis for it? For the Suns, I coordinated with the game developers, a rep from Marvel, and my editor at Titan. The game guys were a blast. They were so excited about their work. They were extremely generous with their time, gave me the game scripts and a ton of artwork and design to look at. I heard they dug the book, so I'm happy. That's great. Yeah. Um, and uh, as of this recording, it's we're just a few days out from uh, Jake Solomon announcing that he's moving on from Phyraxis. Yes. Uh, Jake Solomon, who is the lead on, on, uh, on Midnight Suns. Uh, so all the best to Jake Solomon. All the best, really, Jake. really looking forward to whatever he's doing next. Yeah. Um, but he's he he was the guy who he got X he made XCOM happen again. You know, he grew up playing XCOM, the old XCOM series yeah. in the '90s, and he 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 convinced Sid Meier to let him bring it back. Basically, That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be proud of myself if I influenced Sid Meier into having a grilled cheese sandwich for lunch, let alone <laughs> resurrect one of the most difficult 
game franchises of all time. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I got to tell you, though, you know, uh, fuck the, uh, you know, readers uh, it, 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 in this kind of situation. If you can make the game designers, if they liked what you wrote, that's probably yeah. the main audience if, you should be playing the, to if yes, you ask me. exactly if the the people making the game love your work i think you're in pretty good shape yeah absolutely absolutely um all right and then question 11 uh which character from midnight suns was the most fun to write they were all fun for real I think Blade was maybe the coolest to write for with his senses tuned so high and how sharp he is. Satana was the easiest voice to find and probably <laughs> the funniest. Yeah. I loved that Robbie became a they when he was Ghost Rider. I was fascinated with how the spirit and he as a person worked together. Magic's trauma-informed detachment was intriguing and Nico's insecurity and Caretaker's history... Even Zarathos's single note was interesting. Just main character syndrome on high. <laughs> I was lucky to get the job and happy at how the book turned out. <laughs> That's such a great way of describing Zarathos. That's a perfect way to describe Zarathos. Perfect. Just a oh, single man. note. Who and he's just main character syndrome on high. Absolutely, um, <laughs> that's exactly what he is. That's exactly there's no, what he there's, is. There's no dynamic changes to Zarathos' no, character. No, Zarathos doesn't learn. <laughs> Zarathos does not learn. He is Zarathos. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a good answer. That's a and 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 you can tell with all of the the stuff here. Like this is stuff she really thought about, and and it's yeah. and I know that sounds obvious, but. I think with some people, uh, you you can run into an issue with uh, treating these characters like just like, well, it's a comic book, so fuck it, you know, and, right. and you know, just the, the level of pathos that she was able to install in them um, and the stuff. And it's nice because the stuff that we recognized in how she was treating these characters is directly talked about right here, you know, so exactly. She was thinking in the same direction we were. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. And our last question for her was, any irons in the fire that we can know about? Any hints? Irons in the fire. Nope. Nothing to report at the moment. Sorry to say. I just had a thing fall through, which was a bummer, but that's the business. I'll go back to poking one of my original books into life and work on that till the next paying gig comes along, most likely. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's it, and that's that's the end of our interview with with SD Perry. How great is that? that yeah. was, it's so cool. I, I'm always thrilled when these authors take the time to join us and that kind of thing. But I have to be honest, Kevin, uh, SD Perry, this one particularly hits close to home. Uh, sure, because I devoured uh, books that she and her dad wrote when I was younger, and and so. Being able to pick her brain, you know, even long distance right. this way is is such a thrill. So this is this this one hits very close to home. I'm 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 yeah. stoked. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, thank you, uh, thank you to SD Perry for for taking the time to respond to our questions. Um, we're looking forward to continuing uh, our, our journey through through your books, uh, yeah, it, through the Resident Evil series. It might be that we'll be reading another one of her books before this year is out. 
It might be. It might be. Maybe. And mm-hmm. a very, very special thank you to Kat from uh, oh. Pixel a Day. Go to her YouTube channel, youtube.com slash pixel a day. I think that's the URL. It better uh, be. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> pixel a day. I, uh, double checking. Yeah, that's her it's URL. It's the one. It's, YouTube.com slash pixel a day. Yeah, she's up to uh, nearly 12,000 subscribers. Good oh, for good for Kat. her. That's fantastic. She she deserves she's, it. The, the she work she puts it. into those videos is insane. Oh, she's she's just she's just the best. Yeah, um, she's terrific. So, yeah, go go check out her work. She does a lot of um, very interesting uh, videos uh, on gaming um, where she uh, talks about more of the esoteric uh, and ephemeral aspects of, of of video games. So, Absolutely. Uh, and all from from a uh, psychological point of view, um, she's very good at it. Go go check her out. Go check her go out. watch her videos. Um, and now for the question that some of you have been waiting for, at least. <laughs> Percentage wise, that is true. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good to know. I guess. I guess. I'm assuming. What are you playing? <laughs> oh, I'm playing. Uh, I got to be honest, today uh, it was all dedicated to Hi Fi Rush. <laughs> I put everything that I've been playing on the back burner uh, and, uh, and got that good and downloaded and started playing. I love it. I'm having mm. so much fun with it. It's I'm not much of a spectacle fighter guy and I'm not a huge rhythm game guy either. Uh, and that's what both of that. That's that's the two genres that this game uh, encompasses the most, I think. And but God, it's so satisfying. It's fun. It's bright. It's pure frosting. It's just frosting. It's just feel good endorphins and. You don't even need to have a terrific sense of rhythm to be able to do well in it. It just helps. Sure. Uh, sure. They've done a wonderful job with this game and it came out of the clear blue sky and I'm, I'm having a blast with it. Uh, That's I awesome. Just, I think it's fun. The music's great. The art's great. It just, it just hums. It feels fantastic. It was, uh, it was like shadow dropped, I believe. Yeah. Um, where uh, basically there was, one of the, um, you know, one of those things where they're showing off trailers or whatever mm-hmm. uh, last month, and um, they they just announced it, and at the end of the trailer, it's like, oh, it's available now, and everybody's like, what? How wild is that? <laughs> That's absolutely and, ridiculous. And this is Tango uh, Tango GameWorks, uh, known for the Evil Within. Yep. And uh, Tokyo or Ghostwire Tokyo, um, yep. you know, so they do some pretty big AAA horror action titles. And then suddenly they're dropping this super hyper colorful rhythm uh, spectacle fighter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and it's just pure, uh, uh, like innocent fun. Like it, it's it's funny and goofy and silly and. And there's no not a drop of blood in it. Uh, there was there's Wild. one. No, it's crazy. <laughs> there, there's one scene and it's played for laughs. But you you come into a room 
And uh, and it's not even a scene. It's just something that's happening in one of the levels. And there's this guy who's like a detective robot because all the all the bad guys are robots. And it's all of these robots that have clearly been killed and there's oil everywhere. And uh, and they play it for laughs, you know, and and, and the detective's assistant says so much oil uh, <laughs> and, and is clearly traumatized. And it was shocking. <laughs> it was it was shocking to me because I was like, "Oh gosh, those 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 robots are dead." You know, <laughs> that's right. how that's how wholesome uh, this game is. It's super great. It's fantastic. That's awesome. Um, as for what I'm playing, uh, nothing really new since the last time we recorded because of our recording schedule is all. Uh, is is a little weird just because yeah. of the timing when this episode is going to come out. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot. We got a we've got a lot of irons in the fire. Let's say. we've got a lot of irons in the fire. This actually, this actually, this episode is be, being recorded after a series that we just finished, but it's coming out before that series airs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> because we've thought everything through. We think everything through. Aha. <laughs> Um, so at the end of the King's Quest series, you will hear me talk about Dead Space. <laughs> I am here to tell you that in the past future, um, I have <laughs> finished the Dead Space remake. Um, it was delightful. Oh, good. <laughs> um, they did a lot of good things in making the characters more likable. Mm -hmm. Um, even like some of the characters who are, like there's some twisty characters who are like, oh, I didn't know that they were that person. Um, they were the bad guy or whatever. They're even after the 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 twists in the game, you're like, oh, no, they're actually still kind of a sympathetic character. Whereas back in 2008, all characters were written like, ah, like, fuck, fuck you. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's like ah. a, ah. it was, they were all, 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 a lot of characters were written as the incarnation of that one Daikatana ad. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. So even though that ad flopped in, that was what, 2000 or something like that, even though that, that ad flopped so hard uh, and the content of the ad was John Romero's going to make you his bitch. I think yes. was the, uh, the, the, it seemed like characters were just infested with that aggro dialogue because yeah. Isaac in the original dead space doesn't say anything. He's a silent protagonist, but the characters around him are kind of douchey mm -hmm. um, in dead space two and three. Isaac is like, he's that prototypical hero. Who's kind of an asshole. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that was very popular in at the turn of the, the aughts to the to the teens to the tens. That's um, all it was. That's all. That's, that's all, all there was. was with these characters. Now Isaac actually talks in the Dead Space remake, and he's very thoughtful and you know understanding and empathetic and all that stuff. He's he's but and it's the same voice actor. That's the other thing is it's the oh, same voice actor from Dead Space two and three, <laughs> voicing him in the remake. But it's uh, it's a very different tone. Uh, so That's to speak. Interesting. That's so, interesting. Uh, yeah, wrapped up on Dead Space Remake, so I can really focus all my energy towards Pizza Tower. Ah, good, good. I was worried that you were um, losing uh, the focus that you so. The badly real need. focus is yeah. guiding Pepino through through the Pizza Tower. The most uh, important thing here. Yes. The most important thing here. Uh, yes. 
Don't worry, I will not be updating you on Pizza Tower too much in the next couple of episodes <laughs> because these episodes, those episodes happened in the past. I think I mentioned it at one point. <laughs> Uh, but this is the freshest update on Pizza Tower. I've beaten one of the bosses and I'm on the second level. So nice. there we go. There fresh, we go. fresh, fresh, hot, ready to deliver uh, Pizza Tower update <laughs> for y'all. And I think I'm considering buying Returnal again on PC because. Yes, you you have been like, <laughs> you're so horny for that game. It cracks me the yeah. fuck up. You love that game. Uh, and it just, I guess just having it on the computer will give you an excuse to what rack up the, uh, achievements again or something or. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just, I just want to get it on, on steam and have those steam achievos, you know, <laughs> and also Respected. play it on my, play it on my steam deck. If it, if it works on the steam deck, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We'll see about that. I wonder how it looks on the steam deck. Cause that is a beautiful game. It is. It's a very if you have if you have the machine to run it, it is a gorgeous game. It was one mm-hmm. of the first games to really come out for the PS5 that really pushed the PS5 into like, oh, this is a next gen game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh that is my my returnal mention for the the day. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've talked about returnal previously. Well, we weren't doing what are you playing? Earlier on in the no, show. No, I think you mentioned it, but I don't think we were doing. Uh, I don't think what we weren't playing? doing. What are you playing? And so this is totally fair months. game. This is totally yeah. fair game. This is fine. This, this is, is fine. fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, that'll do it for today's uh, tonight's episode. It's a it's a little bit short, but hey, it's free. So yeah, uh, what do you, I don't know what what do you, you want, want from, from us? us? It's a little bit short, but that's. <laughs> But we, it was based on the length of S.D. Perry's answers. So don't, go away if, you, if you're that. Back whatever. off, man. Back We're off, scientists. man. I'm, I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you really want to help us out, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PixelitPod. Twitter. Oh, man, that's a fucking hellscape. Um, I know, right? Twitter, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at PixelitPod. Uh, you can go to our website, PixelitPod.com. Where you can see our, you can you can go listen to the episodes on there, and if you sign up for the newsletter on the website, you can get episodes up to a couple days early. If I'm uh, feeling frisky with the edit and get it done early, um, <laughs> from there you can go click on a link, join our Discord, join the conversation. Uh, and I haven't I haven't uh, pinged it in a little while, but go ahead on Steam and uh, join our Steam uh, community. Yes, over there on Steam, do. the Pixelit, because we we post the games that we talk about on what are you playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put little reviews up there, uh, so go ahead uh, and, and join and and have a have a good time following us. A damn good time, because we're great. We're a great follow. We're we're just we're just the most followingest. Uh, I don't know podcast. Yeah, that you could you could ever hope to follow. Yeah, yeah. Good night. Bye.